Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 14th of April 2019. Hope you're all taking along okay and surviving the storms of life because we certainly have lots of them, don't we? And if you're aware of the basic things that are happening in society to do with change, big change, when you realize that change is, big change is planned and authorized long before it manifests to you, then it's interesting to follow it and be prepared mentally, if nothing else, for the various onslaughts to your sanity which are going to happen because we truly are living through vast, vast planned and incredible changes. Things that people would have laughed at 40, 50 years ago, even though we had many top players back then even in the culture industry and the guiding of the culture industry coming out with their books. People who belong to the big think tanks and organizations uh, that plan the world-type society in a socialistic system with all the banks working along with them, basically. There's no real secret there. It's just that at the time when they write these books, it takes a good 40, 50 years to manifest it all. And, and by that time, no one really cares that they've been led like sheep into the, the pen. And sometimes the pen is quite cosy. And that's what you find by the system that really rules us. Again, I always refer to, to big, more well-known players because they're popular. They, they could write in a fictional form a, a, about a society that was to come. And that was what was debatable about things. Could you actually make that kind of society happen like Brave New World? And at the time, naturally, people thought, no, that's so silly, it's science fiction. And yet here we are, we have a system where everything really is being planned from birth to death to manage billions of people across the whole planet. And you have massive, massive tax-funded investigations into the alteration of various human genes and artificial conception, all these kind of things happening. And they definitely are testing and have been for years testing, literally implanting fertilized ovum into artificial wombs and things like that, just like Brave New World. It's always been a goal, it seems, of those in the scientific realm. And as you live, as you live through it, naturally, you find that whatever generation you happen to be in at the time have already adapted and, and been guided to adapt. You're always guided to accept things because most folks don't really have deep opinions on things that seem kind of outside of, of them. Well, that wouldn't affect me and so on. And therefore, they don't really have self-concluded opinions. They're brought to their conclusions by little bits and bites of information by experts, very well calculated to bring them to the, the, the proper decisions, you might say. So we adopt opinions as opposed to actually arrive at them by ourselves, by our own reasoning. And to be too, in a life where you have struggles in, uh, with finances, jobs, all the things that come with being alive, then naturally, too, you don't have time for all of this. Uh, you, uh, people really are kept in ignorance because they're kept running. And I can remember years and years ago when they had the first big layoffs uh, from the middle classes uh, to do with uh, executives and uh, people in office employment and so on. When they said that there's just too many people, we don't need you, uh, like we used to them all the time, and they started laying them off at 40. That was a big, big thing at the time. Lay them off at 40 and get younger folk in. And then they said that the, the, the days of having a lifetime job were, were, were gone, basically. And at that time, there were people alive who, who, whose parents were coming up to retirement Who'd, often who'd worked in factories their whole lives, sometimes the same factory their whole lives. And, and that was all gone, of course, with the big agenda to deindustrialize a lot of Western countries. And it was written about them at the end of World War II, in fact, they would bring in deindustrialization of certain countries in the West. So you live through these big, big plans, but to the, most folk, they live through them. They don't know what's happened behind it, why the causes are there.
They don't know why they're now told you'll need a bit four or five jobs, maybe even more for your entire life, a lot of part-time ones. So when people are doing this and, and life becomes more uncertain, you find that they don't have the time. You're too busy running uh, to get by, just to get by, especially those in the cities where you've got huge rents to pay if you're, if you're renting. And you've got to have a big income to maintain just your lifestyle, basically, or even just your, just somewhere to keep you dry and warm from the elements. So you can't blame the people for for not knowing the whys and wherefores. A lot of people do, and I understand it. I understand those who've been following this very meticulously, how they become full of disdain for those who simply don't care. But I think also that it is part of human nature. It's my opinion, because we're not the first people to study humans. It's been going on forever. And those who I, I call owning us, basically, have been studying us forever. And they do own us. When you read the, the scientific and uh, really the studying of human nature, going way back for many centuries, in fact, they understood so much about basic human behavior, especially the crowd. The, even the book called The Crowd, too, is one of the the earliest ones that was allowed for the public to read, but it's understood well, well before that by those who advised kings, queens, and royalty, and all kinds of governments long before that. The advisors understood the, the sciences of human nature. And so you always have this thing called the silent majority. And that's the more modern term for it. Those who, who really don't have strong opinions about very much at all. And then you have the, the something similar when you look at those that Karl Marx, who also had great data, and he used the London Library at the time, the big library there, and the reference sections, etc. And he had fantastic data on human nature. And he called it the general population, and even those who followed, who would go, would follow anybody. If any dictator came along and took over the country, they'd follow them without a qualm. Uh, and whatever system came in, they'd follow that system with their qualm. And he called the lumpen proletariat, the ones who really didn't give much thought about anything at all, as long as this one day could be much the same as the day before. And that probably is, there's a, probably a truth to that, too. Most folk really stay out of, um, of that, that side of things, that they, they just go along with the flow. And also know that most of it will take the path of least resistance, which is the easier way. And it's understandable, too. Who wants to have truncheons bashed on your head every so often or be cattle prodded? Who wants that? So it's quite understandable. Folk will go along to get along, basically. Well understood. The problem's always with those who, who know a bit more about what's going on and who cause a bit of a stink. And they're generally dealt with, too, by... A system which has many ways to disable a nuisance. Many ways. Very old techniques and new techniques all combined. It's a traditional thing. A good example of that is, for instance, with if you take uh, Julian Assange and the recent blitz of media with their hand that was given to them just condemning someone in the standard technique of defamation, of character, you assassinate the character. When they don't have really any facts to put across there, it's a character they always go for, a standard, standard, standard. And so when you see people being taken down by the person who was dirty and unkempt uh, or, uh, you know, and a narcissist, I mean, this, this is what he got the first day uh, when they went in and got him. It's standard right out of the book. Of, of trying to, because most people again, the the, the 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 vast majority of the people, fall for the, the simple the simplest propaganda, which is the guy's dirty, always oh, filthy, didn't wash his dinner plates. Well, that's a good reason he took to, to send eight cops and to, to arrest him, eh? or he smelled. Hmm? And this is this is what you're, the claim of, of course, you see. And you hand out all the press showed a bathroom that was spotless. The ones, the ones that I saw. Uh, so there's a bathroom. Well, there's a spotless bathroom, but apparently he used a, he, he left it uh, soiled at one point. You know? uh, stuff like that. It's, you know, it's just ridiculous for anyone who wants to think about it. It's just ridiculous. 
things like that. So it's meant to turn folk off and say, well, I guess he's just a, like a, a dirty tramp or something. And then you find an article that comes out, supposedly, from a dating site from years ago, where he'd, he'd called himself a pig-headed something or another. And that was bringing a sexual angle into it, if possible. And it should make folk think, too, if they're putting, <laughs> if they're putting stuff up in dating sites, if it's true, right? If this even exists as a, a real dating site. You're an idiot if you've got your data on it, if the people are handing it to the press. Hmm? Hmm? Oh, <laughs> really? So, but regardless, everything is, is just to, to, to rather, rather than face what the guy is supposedly have done, uh, being a narcissist or someone accusing you of that uh, out of the blue is not a crime to be a narcissist. And leaving dirty dishes in a sink is not, is not a reason to, to storm a person, raid them and lock them up. And even if he did, who knows? We'll never know. Put up some ad for, for whatever on a dating site. So what? Is that what you arrest people? So the first thing is make the person seem like a, a degenerate in the public's eyes. Uh, rather than face any real charges there of what he what he showed the public, they see they don't want to to, to reiterate what he's supposed to have done by showing the public uh, the different thing, the nefarious things that governments were up to, and what big businesses were up to too, big big businesses, and how your reality is a bit of a fiction. In fact, never mind the spying they're doing on the public. They, want, they, they don't want to go into the reality of it all because they don't want to dredge that up and make the public aware of it again. <laughs> you see. But anyway, um, that's, what, that's what they do. And don't forget, don't forget, there's a, a person in the States who, who, who's worked with, with uh, intelligence service who said that the intelligence service has got a, a thousand ways uh, to get you. And they do, the confabulary and so That's what part of their job, is espionage, you see. And, and of course it gets worse and worse, till, till they do a lot more worse things than that. But the thing is, once you become isolated, and once they can get you out of the public eye, no matter how long it takes, then the wolves move in, and they hope to just eliminate you with no fuss, you see, because there's no public support around you at the time. They always remember that, always remember that. So if anyone suddenly disappears and you've got all these terrible stories coming out that you can pretty well guarantee it's a setup, And that's just the standard way that it's done. And they'll be the worst. People you'll like would be the, end up being the worst terrible monsters that history ever could come up with. That, that's just how it's done, folks. Standard stuff. But yeah, anyway, as I say, that, that, that was the first real kicker was when the judge supposedly, in the handouts, just handed to the papers who just printed the stuff gleefully because I have nothing else to say these days, the media, you know. And of course the media too were, happened to be showing up for years with uh, what was called alternate media and and exposés of, of those who, who were showing you stuff that the media wouldn't even touch. Because they're all bought and paid for and they serve the interests of their masters, don't they? Don't forget the media, the general media, and it's admitted too, have been always been an essential part of government. They help govern the people by deciding what you're going to think about, what, you th- what they decide you're going to know, quotation marks, and what you're not going to be told about. That's essential, you see. And I remember, too, a long time ago, I was on a show in the late 90s, and I said the internet, really, with its free... And at that time, I noticed... I didn't, I didn't even have a computer at that time, but I knew enough about them by just about what I read in the papers and so on. And I did read about the big debates that government agencies were having at the time about keeping control over nations in an age if there was any possibility where people could communicate directly with each other across the whole planet. And and they also, since government really depends on secrecy, uh, then they were, they were terrified, really, because a whole new system would have developed basically to stop information getting around the world and just zipped across the world in no time at all without their permission. And they had articles about information warfare was the big upcoming thing and how they were preparing for it in advance. Uh, 
And I knew, I knew, even though a lot of the techies at the time, and even even those in Silicon Valley, uh, thought it was a great thing. They always, they thought they could bring in their world of of freedom, a form of freedom which the public had never had before by sharing information again, which the public had never had before, and giving them the ability to communicate across the world with it all very quickly. They thought it'd be a champion for for the righteous cause. And, uh, of course, at the same time, the, the establishment who, who runs governments uh, were setting up the, the, the opposition already to make sure that uh, they would be in charge of it because they could never allow the public to be in charge of uh, or, or in control of data, in fact, for that matter. Power is, is a very intricate thing, and it's very, very deep. There's many layers of, of it, and they, de- they decide, and those in power what you're going to believe and have for truth, basically. Very complex thing indeed. But then they said, yeah, they'd have have the warfare and they would go through it and they wouldn't lose. So they had a little reign for a while where the people thought, yeah, yeah, for the first time we can say this, we can say that, we've got this data about this, that and the other, and various scandals and etc. But I knew Ben in the 90s, and I said that you might get 20 years out of it. But it'll be all reined in. And I said at the time, too, in the 90s, they'll leave you with the one thing that everybody knew back in the 90s. And those who were computer illiterate, basically, like myself, but uh, they would, they said, oh, everybody knew, and the papers knew, made sure that you knew it, that there was lots of pornography on it. And that was, a, that, was to get, that was to make folk get in and get the darn thing, get computers, you see. Lots of pornography. And sure enough, you could see uh, youngsters uh, going into libraries on their breaks time and, uh, and commandeering the, the, the new computers that were put in there. I remember asking, I said, my God, they're really enjoying, they must be good, for, well, really handy for education. I said, no, they're coming in to try and get into pornography. And I've no doubt after the children went, then the adults went in too, you see. So everybody knew what it was about. That was a big selling point to encourage folk to use get computers. And sure enough, you, you got maybe almost 20 years of, well, even less than that, in fact. I mean, once 9-11 happened in 2001, uh, then that was part of the, the excuse to come in big time on forms of censorship and spying and all the rest of it. And, and but it, yeah, 20 years later, basically, almost 20 years later, you, you're, you're down to, to watching your P's and Q's. They have agencies involved now to try and pick up anything which is would be offensive to anybody, which is pretty well impossible, you know. Today, they pushed this 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 nonsense about being people being offended uh, to a level which is definitely a massive uh, psychological warfare uh, technique that's being used on the public to train the public into something. The United Nations I talked about this years ago too. Uh, talked about where they said that they would train the public to be self-policing. You, you'll police your own thoughts. It's part, part of what they'd always talked about training you. And that goes back again to the old Marxist philosophies too of training the public and, and, and ensuring they train themselves too. So it's pretty well all here today. You're left with uh, vague topics that are safe at the moment, you know. But don't ever think that the government is a, is a, is a passive servant of, of, of the general population. There's nothing further than from the truth. Government is power. Power is never nice. Power sometimes can be awfully nice at putting on good faces towards the public, but behind a smile there's still that power of authority. And again, the system you're living under is run towards ambitions that are not from the general public. They're from those who already have power over those in power, you see. And it's something, if you're not a psychopath yourself, and you don't like having to, to always beat people at games or whatever, always win, always win, if you don't like that, then you'll never, you'll never figure out the mentality of these people. They're addicted to control, absolutely addicted. And power really is control. Ultimate power. But that's the way it is. And it isn't just a recent thing, as I say. Long before 9-11 happened, 
we already had omnibus crime bills in Canada passed in the, in the late 90s, before the, we had all these uh, terrorism things happening. And it was basically an anti-terrorism bill, and everybody was scratching their heads at the time, saying, well, why is this getting passed? Nothing's happening, everything's fairly peaceful, and yeah. Because governments knew what was planned in the future, and the public were not, you see. Governments, like any big business, big businesses have, have their plan how to hold on to control. Governments do the same thing. Business and governments are very similar that way. And they have goals, like the United Nations has its communistic-type goals, five-year, ten-year, fifty-year plans for different different parts' agendas. The, the communists used that. They, they, they declared them very openly. And the Western countries are just the same. Big business is just the same. How many uh, shareholders did they expect to have by the year so-and-so? And, um, and blah. That's how they do it and plan their, their, their distribution areas across the world of, and areas of influence. That's how it's all done. No one's sitting by uh, and, and we're just stumbling down through space willy-nilly by itself. It doesn't happen like that. Any more than the sexual revolution which often gets affirmed as being back in the 60s, but really they were, they were doing it in the 1920s. And I've mentioned it before, it didn't work quite well because they didn't have the pill, they didn't have ways of, of uh, dealing with the outcome of it all. They didn't even have penicillin back there, I remember. Once they had what they wanted, they went back to back to it, launched it back with their miniskirt and all, just like the Charleston outfit, miniskirt. So th- things come back uh, when they're ready to be implemented, and out of it comes, and it's lauded openly at the time too by those uh, in, in the, what was called the communist circles and socialist circles as a good beginning to the end of the family unit, was, was uh, free sex, etc., and uh, be the end of the need for marriage, uh, which pretty well has, hasn't it? And folk who still get married today are kind of looked down upon as though by the media again, which must tell you a lot about media, what its purposefully is. Yeah? It's a tool for those who own the system. But again, I didn't mean to go into all that stuff tonight because it's just too, too intricate and you can go on forever in so many different parts of it. There's no point. The point is today or tonight is simply that those who understand what's happening have to always keep a hold of their sanity. That's the point of it. Everyone's very prone, I think, these days. I think any thinkers are very prone to perhaps get down or even depressed because you're living through a a, a system of of agendas, basically. And when you realize that really there's very little choice given. When you're under tyrannies of different kinds, you don't get choices, that's the point. You get monopolies. You get a monopoly of, of pathways, authorized pathways of what you can do. For a simple example is a cashless society. Well, many folk don't like cashless. And they like to have cash for, for basic stuff. And that's being phased out by those who own the system. Obviously, they can give you a thousand reasons why it's better, blah 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 blah. But you all you all know when you're dependent of an, of with an, on another power, another power. See, the power being that of ATMs, etc., and computers. And when they go down, you're stuck. Well, those who own uh, the intermediaries like computers, systems for banking, so on, have had a tremendous power over you. They've got leverage over you. And so you should always have choices in every area of life if you want to think that you're really still free. And I've mentioned many times, too, that it's easy to go back and read the, the writings of Francis Bacon. I'll call him his resumes, really. The points of showing off his, his ability to understand human nature of, of the general populace and how to govern them in uh, something he drummed up for, for one of the kings at the time. He's trying to impress them, just like Machiavelli did with, with his, the, the, the book we call The Prince, how techniques are, are used and understood by, by advisors to those in power, those who have the power on governing human nature. An awfully good one by Bacon, but I always have a good chuckle 
Because, I mean, you have eternal truths. And again, all, all basically founded on experimentation on the general public, even centuries ago, probably even longer, even, even be thousands of years ago. But he said to impress the king, he says, he says, when you want, when you need so much money for, for extra money for the, the treasury, he said, uh, don't put a big tax out there or a big increase on any, anything the public need. You see, it's always on what you need. That's where they get you. It doesn't matter if it's food or they'll do it one way or another. Even though you think your food isn't taxed, there's taxes behind everything for those who even grow it and, and that's what they use to grow it. Now they have to even buy their seed. They can't even keep their own seed half the time anyway since it's modified terminator genes. So they have to go back. It's a monopoly right there, you see. Those who control the seed now. Any, anything that controls anything you need is a terrible power of, has a terrible power of monopoly. There's monopoly. And they give you no choices eventually. But Bacon said, he said, he said, so rather than put a big increase on something, the folk will grumble and me have, have, have occasional rebellion, you see. He says, he says, just put a penny on this item and a penny on that. That's a lot of money by there, mind you. And, and a penny on, and, and, and scatter it. So that the people, it, it simply confuses the public because they're not buying all of these things at the same time, see. But over the course of the year, they will get, uh, say, the five pound extra, whatever, after, whatever they were after in those days, by the pennies here and there, you see. That's how it's done. And we get it, too. They scatter all over the place. And it'd be a full-time job even trying to keep track of it, all the different hidden taxes. And now they're putting carbon taxes on everything. And that also will go along to every item made, because then they'll say the carbon value to make that thing. And that's put on to it. So you'll end up paying a lot more. And I, I gave a talk years ago about that, and folk wouldn't believe it, because uh, at least some of them wouldn't believe it. Because uh, I said everyone's going to increase dramatically. And the talks that they'd had at a higher level at the United Nations and all their affiliates, I said was to do with austerity. Government said they'd bring in austerity, which is a form of poverty, really. And you're living austerely, very simply, with all your excess spending money ending up eventually on basic necessities. That's where they want to bring you in a post-industrial society. And through the taxation of things, and again, to save you all, they're going to tax you into the, into, into the grave, basically, to save you from climate change, because it's all your fault and all that stuff. So it's a power technique to reduce the population, bring you into austerity. With austerity comes the choices that are given you. Uh, and the class system, very much brave new world with the different varieties of humans, you see. Uh, we're already going into that, so that comes with austerity programs and your value to society, your age group, and so on. Uh, especially, you'll see, when you get into hospital, you go in the pathways and you do not resuscitate this one because of just a nobody, basically, and they're poor. But someone else, is a, is some kind of politician, is going to get top treatment, even if they're older. Uh, because they have a higher standing in the society and they're, they're necessary for whatever it is. Anyway, that's how it's all done, you see. We're there. And now they want to bring it into austerity. So we don't just end up somewhere. We, we're guided along the pathway into the proper pathway for what you've been designated according to your status in society. And believe you me, <laughs> even if you've never been sick yet, they've already got, so the, 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 in your present conditions, they have point systems of what pathway you'll be into if you end up in hospital. I hope you understand that. No kidding you. And I've had examples of people on it in Canada, for instance, who've had to argue to get simple operations right down to, well, you, you, someone's father happened to and a minor problem, really, who needed a little part of the colon chopped out. It's a, a fairly common operation, it really is. And they tried everything. Well, he's too old and he wouldn't survive and all that nonsense. And, and uh, so this fellow knew enough to, to argue and, and press for it. And they got it done. The guy's fine. The, the father's fine two years later. So, but if, he, if he'd just caved in and, and been humble, you know, okay, okay, you know, then uh, that'd be it. no one would have been the wiser that, that he could have been saved. Because life now, according to who you are, can be awfully, off. Your, your life is cheap. It's not worth it, you see. That's how they, they see it. You're in a eugenics program. And that's what eugenics also is based on, is, is the, your economic value to society. And back in the 19... 
1910 to, to 1920s and 30s, you had science openly declare about its ambitions to, with eugenics and shaping the future of society and the end of marriage and, right, and even mandatory mating of the right genetic types, superior types and genes and so on. And lords and nobility would, would impregnate lots of uh, women, etc., to get the proper genes on. And they talked about sterilizing the general population rather than just killing them off. That, that would give it a bad name. But H.G. Wells talked about it in a modern utopia, how, how he says we used to think we'd have to eliminate the, the, the lower types and feeble types and so on and, and, and eliminate them in case they reproduce but we decided just to sterilize them and let them die off naturally much more humane you see so think about sterilizing there's many ways to sterilize you chemical diseases we don't want to you won't even know what's happening but anyway they were open about it and about categorizing everybody and their value how necessary you were to society as I mentioned so many times you can actually hear a clip by George Bernard Shaw from the same Fabian Society that Wells belonged to, talking about why, how you'd have to come to them to, uh, to, to, to basically plead for your life by, by justifying why they should leave you alive and, and let you live. Because in their system, you'd have to have a purpose. There was no purpose for you, or you weren't good at the purpose yeah, that they needed uh, people for. They'd eliminate you. You're, you're talking about horror here. And of course they quieted it down because of World War Two and all that kind of thing. But it's still here, it's up and going, just it's more stronger actually than ever. Much more humane terms, of course. But it never stops. It never ever stops. So what do you do with the people as you're, as you're guiding the big herd through all of that? Well, you keep them happy. And back in the 30s, again, when all this was being discussed, you had mass armies, you had dictatorships because everything else, democracy wasn't working, they said. You had the overthrow of, of Russia into the Soviet system, and other countries wanting to emulate it too. Scientists were for this. Yeah, now we'd have panels of science running, running the world and running society, you see. Hasn't changed. And how would you get the public to go along with it? Well, you can give them substitutes for everything. You can give them, again, eventually what they're into now. They talked about it, like Brave New World idea. Even in movies like Metropolis, you had glimpses of that same kind of technique of, of, of erotic power arrived at by different means, even using robots, that kind of thing. And eventually, later on, they talked about if you had the same experience in your mind as though it was a real experience, they're talking in a sense about what would eventually be called virtual reality, then that would be as good as the real thing. Because the whole thing was to stop the wrong folk from breeding, that, that was, which is a majority, you see. You become obsolete, eventually. We're here. That's where they've decided. You see the Georgia Guidestone's still up there, well looked after. And everyone's very quiet about it. No one's come to knock it down, apparently. It's quite legal to have it there, talking about the need to reduce most of you and get rid of you off, off of the face of the earth. So we're going through a massive system of massive changes and everything is so minutely controlled that nothing is missed, nothing at all is missed today. So Aldous Huxley, who was a, a very interesting guy, I mean these guys are really interesting in that initially they're all for all the, the, the same agenda as all the scientists are for, but he, he softens himself as life goes on and he comes out with some little warnings to the general population and you have to realize that the guy is, is not as ruthless as some people might think he is. Certainly not as his brother. His brother was a terrible ruthless character who was all for vast mandatory legislation to stop folk breeding, all the wrong folk breeding, you know. But that's what Aldous Huxley said. He says, people will come to love their oppression. You'd be oppressed and you won't even know it. To adore the technologies that undo their capacities to think. Okay. People come to love their oppression, to do the technologies that undo their capacities to think. Most folk don't do deep thinking today. Everything's laid on for you. When you think about it, the amount of TV you watch in your lifetime, you're watching the work. I mean, this is the work of people who are paid to put that work out, to make it and put it out there. But would you, would you pay a plumber to watch him do what he does? Hmm? 
You see what I'm saying? When you stop and realize what you're watching, and it's called programming because it's full of programming and updates and how you should think about different things and all the fiction that you're soaking up. It's essential, again, just like the media is, for government or governance to, to, to control everything and to update your views on things through fiction. It's the best idea of all is fiction. And you're more apt to accept it than someone who just orders you to, to change your thinking about this or that, you see. Bring an emotion, you can make them believe anything, and they'll, they'll adopt those opinions. Well understood. Children especially, that's why they hammer children so much To make sure that they, they have the latest uh, indoctrination For things that haven't even happened yet in society Which will happen down the road They're, they're already programmed to accept it Through their early indoctrination It's a simple science, it's not difficult at all So, uh, there you go People, You come to love your oppression And you've got technologies that really stop you from thinking It's all done for you by professionals and you pay to have the professionals, like licensing in Britain, for instance, like the BBC, you pay to watch their, their propaganda and their indoctrination. And they tell you what to think, so you don't have to do it yourself. And they make it fun, you see. And then another thing too, uh, I think Huxley also said, um, there will, there will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing dictatorship without tears, so to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies so that people will in fact have their liberties taken away from them but will rather enjoy it. Does that ring a bell anywhere? You understand, there's nothing happening that wasn't understood to, to be in the planning to happen down the road. We're here, really. We truly are here. And one of his, his, his uh, quotes, the quotes too on Huxley, Aldous Huxley, was a bit of a, he had humor too, which is, there's always hope when a person has humor. And he said, medical science has made such tremendous progress that there is hardly a healthy human left. So, you understand, uh, we're pretty well there in a sense, aren't we, with so much of this and the painless concentration camp idea. Because they can make it fun to be captive. It's easier, when you're a bit worried about something, to be completely diverted by engrossing yourself deep within some fictional movie of some kind. It's a great... A great um, Way to lose yourself your, or your worries for a little while And it's well understood too naturally See, there's never been a time when there's so much, so much free or cheap entertainment out there To, to completely engross you as, there, as we have today Well understood If you control the minds, then those who in charge of everything have, have very little problem at all That's it So you come to love your oppression and you adore technologies that undo your capacity to think. You can't count anymore. I mean, everything's been done for you with computers now and the calculator, etc. Their opinions are given to you by experts, you see. You thought you had the, 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 the right answer for something, a good opinion. Now you find out, no, my God, you, you simple you. I mean, here's a person who, who's an expert in that particular area of, of that particular opinion. And there you go. Hmm. See? That's how it's done. You also have the relentless war. And socialism, as we know it, was, was again, you can, you can go into degrees of it and, and flavors of it, into communism, whatever you want to call it. They wanted to totally abolish religion, which, again, is an awful nuisance to, to, to having a total government because... Often people would stand up against what government planned because it was against religion. Uh, if government demanded you do something that God had said no in your, in your holy book, regardless of your faith, whichever faith it was, then you wouldn't go along with government. It's always been a nuisance to government. And so you must undermine it, you see. If you want total power over the people, you take away the reasons, which are, aren't just excuses, they're reasons, you see, and not to comply. I take them away, and then you can do what you want. You can get all your, your various nefarious things through. 
And it's a sad thing too, again through the psychology and understanding of human nature, that the people need something to tell them it's wrong. Deep down you know it's right and wrong. I think everybody does, except maybe the psychopath. Even the psychopath can understand that the people outside of themselves won't like this, whatever they're doing. He doesn't feel the same way about it. Maybe unless it was getting done, whatever it is, is getting done to him or her. Otherwise, they're, you know, they, they, they won't feel the same way. But everybody else, the, the so-called average person out there, you know what's right and wrong. You, you know at the time what's right and wrong. And we decide, don't we? We choose. We do choose. Not to, not to care about certain things. Uh, and some of these areas that you're not caring about are horror shows, really. Not literally, you know. So anyway, uh, as I say, once you get religion out of the way, it's fine for those who control. They've been hammering, actually. You've probably noticed it, uh, the churches forever, because that's a big part of it. And the Catholic Church, especially because it ran so much of the world at one time, with, with uh, uh, so many countries involved. But they went through the same problems, didn't they, from the, the Cultural Revolution. We had a revolution, remember. It's called the Cultural Revolution, just like all communist countries have a cultural revolution. And forget it when you think you're not in a communist country, when the techniques of communism, which is totalitarianism, are across the, everywhere you look, uh, you'll find that, and the banks are thriving awfully well off of it. It's the same system, really, you know. Same system. It's easier to control people in a, a more socialistic tyranny uh, than, than, than it is under a so-called really free society where you really do stand up for rights. And that's why the U.S. for a while did all right because people knew their rights and they knew they'd stand up for their rights and they, they did. But today they're getting flattened and flattened and flattened and folk comply with it and then they don't care so much as they used to and, and then they're taken over the same way, aren't they? under the guise of keeping them safe, or whatever it happens to be. You've got to understand there was a sexual revolution as part of the cultural revolution. Part of it was to destroy religion, of the cultural revolution, or perhaps destroy the family unit. And the family also was destroyed through the sexual revolution. And that's what they called it at the time, the sexual revolution of the 60s. Pope Benedict came out and talked about the decline of standards, moral standards within the Catholic Church, has been due to the, the cultural decline of the, really the cultural wars and the sexual revolution of the 1960s and how it set the rot into the church and has continued ever since. Acknowledgement of the awful problems that the Catholic Church has had with uh, sexual abuse. He's blaming it on the, the 1960s sexual revolution and from there onwards the collapse in morality. And I agree with him. Because the Catholic priests are pulled out of the same pool of the general population with the culture as everybody else of that era, sexual revolution. When they brought in sexual revolution, also in the whole concept of relativity, you know, they, they took the Einstein theory and, and, and they applied it to everything until no opinion was supposedly absolute or correct. And no, no action was absolutely right or wrong. You see, that was part of what's relative, and your opinions is relative, and my opinion is relative. So anyway, he spoke about it in a 6,000-word letter. And he introduced this child abuse scandal to the sexual revolution in the 60s, and kind of absolute moral standards and a focus on relative moral judgment meant that uh, priests lost their sense of right and wrong. Well, the whole society did. That was the point of the revolution. And he's, he's called for me to return to the Catholic Church's strict moral code. But he's, he's quite right. And uh, those who've lived through this, this era and maybe at the time or afterwards found out what, what so much of it was actually behind it uh, and, and who studied it, you, you realize this is a complete war. And it's ongoing still, it hasn't finished. To get society, society into a state of flux where change is the norm. And rapid change, it's all planned change, though it's not just happenstance, it's all planned change. And it's, it's the norm, and it's rapid, until you're, you're just reeling from changes. And that's, that, again, is part of the, the Trotskyist um, and the Hegelian technique of constant perpetual warfare, you see. To supposedly achieve goals and to force society through cultural revolutions and, and, and evolutions and, and force evolution of society.
Anyway, I'll put these articles up, and uh, including that, the Assange ones too. There's so much in Assange, but just to show you the smear stuff goes on. And Pamela Anderson was close, closer than anything, actually. She said that Assange's arrest, she says, Britain's America's like, B, and you get dot, dot, C, H. I don't know if you can say it anymore now, because the PC stuff's coming in so big time uh, that, uh, you know. Anyway, yes, uh, Britain is America's, you know what, and needed a diversion from your idiotic Brexit bovine fecal matter, I guess she's trying to say there. So anyway, yeah, you got uh, a truth here, plus Ecuador got its, I think it was $4.5 billion loan from the World Bank, and that was part of, I think, you know, everybody's kind of chuckling at that too, how it all comes together in the right way, etc., and you also now have even vegan warriors, they call them. Everything's, everybody's now a warrior, eh? I don't know if it's all the stuff that lap up with violence and violence and violence and they see themselves as righteous warriors, but uh, you've got them across Australia and different countries storming farms. And it won't end well, as I've mentioned before. Also, again, I've mentioned Peter Hitchens before, so people love or hate him, but the fact is he, he was born in the 50s. He... When he was a complete Trotskyist after coming out of university in Oxford, and he eventually lived in Moscow during the collapse as a correspondent for British newspapers. But he 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 saw the collapse of Moscow and uh, and Russia, Soviet Russia, and he completely changed. He's completely different than his brother was. But I think he's more honest that he's definitely gone through big changes in his life, uh, even with what he, he believed even 10 years ago about any hope for Britain. And now he's come out openly on a, an interview and said openly that uh, there's no hope. There's, there's literally no hope. It's uh, you, you look at the end. It's not just an empire, but it's, it's the, the end of the nation state, basically. Of, of He's talking about the UK as one example. But he, he said that it's lawless now in the country. They have so much crime and stabbings every day that don't even get investigated because it's just too. It's too the, the, the country's broke, and it's getting worse all the time. It's all borrowed money, whatever they do. This, this it, it can't survive the way it is put that way. And he's talked about all these stupid wars that they got involved in, tied with the U.S. and other countries across the Middle East that they certainly didn't get in out of. Big corporations did for the oil fields and so on. But the people just got the tabs, the bills to pay. That's standard. And then mass migration from all the countries that were getting leveled to the Stone Age, all flooding into Europe, which is a natural thing to do. And I think it was all planned that way because I wouldn't stay in those countries. Would you stay in a country where, where you're threatened for years and years and years to be obliterated by the most powerful nation on earth, military. Would you, would you stay in those countries? What's the point? And it's part of the reason that they do it. They keep them sitting there and put sanctions on them, knowing they're going to get out of the country, and then they're no longer a threat when there's nobody in it, or nobody of any, what they call import. I mean, it's planned that way, and it's, it's arranged that way, you see. So anyway... Hitchens goes through it and he says that it's really the end. He, doesn't, he used to believe that politics, if they could get the party system working the way it's supposed to do, but again, that was a dreamland. I, never, I personally have never believed in it. I thought it was a racket from as long as I can remember. He said that the old idea of two opposing parties, and that's what democracy is based on, remember, where you agree to oppose each other, but you don't come to blows. Well, it was getting to that stage now of pure hate and anger, and like all of society is getting the same way anyway. That it's no longer working, and it's no longer working when, say, the different parties don't represent what they, what they claim they are anymore. Again, quickly talked about the same thing. You said the political parties are, are becoming. That was back in the sixties. The same that whatever they talk about in election time is the same things as the other party. Unemployment, jobs, education, uh, healthcare, all the usual, same old things, you know. But they don't stand, their values are, are, well, come on, you're living in a corrupt system. Very corrupt now, where you get winners and losers and narcissists. It's true, you do have narcissists, they're generally politicians. That's what the real narcissists and those who are living so high on the public trough, they have disdain for the general population. 
that's what it's about. When you see the salaries of these folk, it blows the mind. Honestly, it does. These public, some of these public servants, it's just astonishing. At what age of greed we live in? How can you get fairness in society when they don't go in to serve a system or a country or a nation that they love? You know, they don't. That's that's a joke now. So I'll put that one up too. I'll put up also some other things I want to talk about too. <laughs> this is quite a good one. NASA, NASA says mysterious dancing blue light spotted over the Arctic Circle were caused by vapor tests and not aliens, and as some feared, right? They say it's vapor, right? Listen to this. As they tried to cam it, like they didn't want to go into the chem spray or or, or stratospheric, stratospheric injections and stuff like that. I don't even mention the stuff. Is it vapor spray, right? Listen to this so-called vapor spray. So the NASA test showered the skies with brush strokes of blue and orange-coloured gases. Isn't that pretty? Nice pictures, mind you. And the lights, uh, which looked like an alien attack. So right away they get that brought into it. So the anyway, so general public will see the alien attack thing. I, I have to say this. And so if you bring that up, oh, yeah, yeah you probably think it was an alien attack, didn't you? So you get that ridiculous. Who, who thought there was an alien attack? Come on, nobody did. Hmm? That's how you, 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 you diffuse, ridicule something. Anyway, to some, we're actually a part of an ongoing NASA experiment dubbed the Rural Zone Upwelling Rocket Experiments, called Azure. The Rural Zone Upwelling Rocket Experiment, Azure. As part of the mission, NASA says it's launched the Azure test rockets, the first of eight such planned. I love how they can't spell anymore either, eh? Planned launches uh, that aim to study the patterns of solar winds. The eye-catching lights were created by releasing two harmless gases into the atmosphere. Listen to this. Trimethyl aluminum as well as a mixture of barium. Remember the barium was sprayed with all, maybe spraying was with since nineties, the nineties actually, late nineties. And strontium. Hmm? You know what strontium is? It doesn't say strontium ninety, at least the, the ninety strontium is one of the most deadliest carcinogenic radioactive substances we have. But anyway, it's strontium group. So researchers can study the paths of particles in the Earth's ionosphere. Like, they've never done this before. They'd, like, they're just finding out now the patterns. Hmm? So, NASA says, um, according to scientists, it'll also help unlock the forces behind one of nature's most capturing f- uh, phenomena, the aurora borealis. Like, they've never noticed it before. Like, they haven't experimented before to find out how the solar winds come in and all that thing. So that's what it's about, you see. With these particular substances, they can track the patterns, supposedly. It means they've got sensors scattered across the planet to find out where they all end up. And they've commonly used this kind of radioactive substance before. They'll say, oh, it's mild. It's mild, you know. Don't worry about it. So there you go. So here's they're actually doing something. They bring in the alien thing to ridicule their own article. If anybody wants to mention it again. And it's something. There you go. That's how it's done. I've mentioned before, and, and it's up on, on the internet all over the place, about the list of big non-governmental organizations that are well-funded to push the, 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 the horror of the oncoming, oncoming apocalypse of global warming and stuff. And the leaders quotes, and from their own meetings, saying they always give the public scary and horrifying scenarios to get them to take notice of what they want them to believe. They always do this. Well, there's an article that says Netflix is accused of eco-tragedy porn. And these new terms are something. So now you've got porn, eco-tragedy porn, a new Attenborough documentary featuring walruses falling to their deaths because of climate change. This is how they put it across. After a zoologist claims they were actually going over the cliff because they were getting chased by polar bears. Again... How a picture is worth a thousand words, eh? Especially when you can omit anything else that you don't want to see. They can give you, they can shape your opinion by omission of the rest of it. Sir David Attenborough, who literally has made amazing statements about the people he wants to, <laughs> like to really, he doesn't have, uh, he's, well, he's a eugenicist, really. Never mind the environmentalism, it's really eugenics again. So, uh, 
the clip showed hundreds of uh, walruses fall 250 feet in, uh, it says, Russia, R-U-I, I thought they had all these programs to help with spelling. It says, but zoologist claims that animals are being chased off the cliffs by polar bears. And while they put across the, they said walruses were confused by shrinking ice and their poor eyesight, the show claimed. Yeah, so, uh, so there you go. <laughs> it's quite something how they, you can fudge anything to suit your agenda. Just terrify people. Say, oh, that's terrible. They're going to do something about it. That's awful. They'll tell the polar bears that because they they always do that kind of stuff. Also in France, they've got the ongoing. It's amazing how they keep it quiet from the from a lot of the papers. But uh, this ongoing yellow vest violence, it says, explodes in Toulouse as 2,000 protesters set cars ablaze and hurl missiles as riot police during the 22nd weekend of anti-Macron rage. It's quite something, eh? doesn't seem like it's going to go away soon. But again, it's, 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 it makes sense to me, because, I mean, France was another one that, that really was never big on, on exports and production. And they went into the European Union knowing that, that Germany was going to be the big financial engine for the whole of the Union, which it still is. And meanwhile, they're hitting the French with big, big, big tax increases. And they've got, they're flooded too with mass migration. They've got to pay for it all. The folk at the lower levels of society are left to carry this incredible burden and, and they can't get work themselves. So you end up with, again, the end of nations. Eh? It's interesting. It really is. These are all signs of of uh, the fall of empires and nations and all the rest of it. Another, another thing I wanted to put up to you, I meant to do it last week, but it's to do with, well, it's artificial insemination, but they actually get sperm donors to go in. And it's quite amazing that there's a fella, supposedly, who's been uh, a doctor, who's been happily, happy his work, uh, making sure that he actually used this, the, sold the sperm to the, to the people that he's, he's going to use to fertilize eggs. And it turned out that some people, their children all looked the same. Same same exact features. Now they got talking to find out they'd all used the same fertility clinic for insemination. And it turns out they all have the same uh, uh, markers in the DNA. So it made me think right, right away with the new societies that we're in, as things change, you see, of the movie. Uh, it was called Code 46 in a system where the government really has come in with a heavy, heavy hand uh, to stop people uh, mating who are really genetically uh, related to such a degree because of the of the problems it causes in society. We're seeing, if you can get a hold of the old movie, in Code 46, and how they could even wipe your memory uh, if, you f- if you fell for someone. Because you'd have a lot in common with them. You'd, you'd really like a person that's got so much. You wouldn't know why you're attracted, but you could, it could be the same genes, you see. That was in the movie, at least the movie version. And, of course, government would have to stop it because then they end up with all the fallouts from it, etc. But, yeah, that's where we are now. It's actually, and that's what they're pushing for now is a demand for government intervention in these things. Yeah. Interesting, really. <laughs> They always give you in the, in the movies first, eh? the sci-fis and so on. And then you have uh, how, how the, the big nations, of, or, well, big corporations again, are just, as, as, understand this is a, a substitute too for the big Cold War industry of weaponry and so on. It's now saved the world and big living on, corporations living on huge, huge grants, handouts, free handouts to do the experimentation on saving the world and all of that kind of stuff, eh? And remember that the, the whole Cold War was pretty phony too. But this floating city dubbed Oceanix will save coastal cities from flooding caused by climate change. The UN project claims that it goes into the partnership, the public-private partnerships with the public without being asked have their tax money used to fund these big projects that are rather amusing but very lucrative to those who are involved at the top. Another thing too, of course, with, with eugenics, which we're definitely into, and the classification of uh, importance in society and burdens on society. Middle-aged people are treated like second-class citizens with 25% of over 50s poorly treated in shops and hospitals. That's getting promoted, actually, more and more and more through 
the types of education. All you have to do is, is drum it into the, to the up-and-coming uh, students and universities. And they, they will adopt those opinions, you know, very quickly. It's easy to create uh, uh, terms of um, repetitive fascist or communistic systems. It's all the same to me. It's the same system. It really is. And big business at the top. It's always big business at the top. And then the recycling of articles from 20, 30 years ago. Painting roofs white can reflect the sun's heat and prevent thousands of deaths in cities during heat waves. Then it goes into why the cities are, are hotter. Because the concrete literally reflects it and back and forth and it bounces all round and round. They've always known this. And then don't even touch the fact that when they set up the old thermometer systems, it was generally in fields and so on. Now it's all concrete. So naturally it seems warmer, eh? That was it's well understood. And Amazon workers listening to what you tell Alexa. You can't help people because they're being monitored. They don't care anymore. Most of them really don't care, do they? And everything that happens in your home and everywhere else you go is going to be. Another one, too, your car is watching you, who owns the data. All the, and it's constantly analyzing where you go, where you stop, how long you're there. You know, everything about you. I said they can send so many gigabytes per hour outside the car to all the different sources it's collecting all. You sh- they should give you all this stuff for free since, since they're using it all, you know, and they give you nothing for it. You're buying all. $4.2 billion IMF bailout for Ecuador paved the way for Assange's arrest, says here in this article here. Well, I've done it all. That's all time for it anyway. But the thing is, what I'm saying is, and for those who followed it for years, they understand the future's always planned, isn't it? By powerful forces Using your tax money so beautiful And they find ways to, to Influence us To put it mildly And to update our opinions And modify our behaviours all the time To suit those at the top And we're, we're in an age now Where literally As, as I said the, the commentator The writer in Britain Has said you can't even have uh, normal politics anymore because people are too emotionally crazy. Logic is out the window when emotion kicks in with all the, the different special interest groups and anger and fury. And it does not look good. You're, you're looking at the creation of very dangerous mobs that will never stop at just shouting at people. They're already showing signs of violence and it will get worse. And you, you have big troubles. And if it's being allowed, by the way, I really do believe that uh, the big agencies that really run governments will want it to happen, or they'd nip it in the bud as soon as it starts. So, But they're not. So it'll be used down the road for other purposes, obviously. And what I say is not pessimistic, because it, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm not responsible for it. I'm not causing it to happen. And I, I do enjoy being aware, at least why things are happening. And it stops you getting anxious about things when you understand that these things are planned and orchestrated. And even leaders in all these different groups are well-educated in, in their roles for leading whatever mob they're going to lead. And, and they're getting incredibly well-funded, often from NGO, from big think tanks, but also just charitable foundations, as they're called, you know. The, the usual ones that have been running it for over a hundred years, but also you know, the, the big ones like the Ford Carnegie, etc. Big, big funding, and and there's no agency set up to nip that in the bud, and to stop the funding and say, look, this is the, the, these are you're creating a form of terror here in society, which means those who control society are the foundations, at least part of them are the, uh, definitely the foundation's involvement. It's a big, strong arm of things. And you're living through planned change. And it's the, the cultural revolution, societal revolution, it's post-national revolution into global revolution. And just like the one of the ex-heads of the European Union said a, a few years ago, and I read it at the time, on the air from the European newspapers, and he said, it's the, and this is the head of the European, he says it's the end of the nation state, they're obsolete, he says they're gone. You know? Big plans, no one asked you for your opinion of it, or asked you to vote on it, it's all done. And it's not to suit the general public, you have to, above digging to, to find out who really suits, and who benefits, etc. But it's definitely there.
And if you understand what's happening, at least you won't sit and fret about things uh, in confusion, because confusion itself can bring anger. And anger can be turned in, and you'll destroy yourself. But if you understand, at least understand the basic things, why things happen, then the confusion is gone. You're not guessing at, at your your surmisations. You're actually knowing the proof of it all from their own their own agendas that which they publish, and big world meetings like the World Economic Forum, and that's that's just the meetings. The the, the WEF runs their own big think tanks that educate and uh, and create. Uh, Systems within all countries to to guide all the countries along certain paths, but you don't vote in the WEF. So there you are. And as I've said before, I hope you're all surviving. Okay, where I am now, the, the, the snow is gradually melting, but it's still got, got maybe two or three feet to go yet in the fields and at the sides of the roads until it's gone. But uh, now it's in the ultra ultra damp stage, cold, overcast, uh, damp, very unhealthy when you have that. And you've got six months of snow sitting there uh, that's collect. You know, it, it, remember it comes from the sky. And it, it, you can smell the mold in the stuff now when you break the snow. You smell it. Even before it started to any thaw at all. I, when I broke the, the fresh, or they call it virgin snow, when you haven't walked in a certain part before, you can smell the mold just going boof. So it must be all coming from the, the, the skies, obviously, when the stuff's falling. Why is all that moldier now? Hmm. But then there's always reasons for things, eh? For myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you. And try not to lose your temper with each other as much. <laughs>